My name's Mark Smith, and I've got with me today a special guest, Mr. Andrew Montgomery. Before we get into that, a nice big shout-out, as always, to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. Please rate and review the podcast. We will send you a bunch of goodies. And this podcast is the last podcast of 2017. We've brought you a podcast every single week of 2017. We've also brought you a fitness in under three minutes every single week of 2017. So go hop over, look at some of them, especially the ones that we've just punched out now. The one that we put out on Christmas Eve, Managing Christmas, and also the one that is coming out on Sunday, the 31st, which is a new year in fitness in under three minutes. But that's not important. This show is important. This is show number 382, a longtime supporter and listener of the podcast. I'm only going to use his real name once more. Andrew Montgomery, yes, Monty, <laughs> Thank you. welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure, absolute Mate, pleasure to be good here. Good to catch you. Things are changing for you, but before we get into that, yes. mate, give us a little bit of background. Where do you come from, and who on earth are you, and why should we care? Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> I think a lot of the people that would have seen me in this gym uh, before will see me as the guy who turns up in the crazy Lycra. <laughs> Uh, parks the bike at the front door, uses the shower, and then subsequently leaves the gym. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I'm originally from Scotland. Um, yeah, ended up here in Dubai a um, couple of years ago, two and a half years ago. Been here now. Things were cool, all good. Um, and as you said, time has come now to move on. I think it's for me. I've always sort of known when it's time to leave a place yeah yeah so um the minute i, I was old enough to leave home uh, in scotland in <laughs> st andrews i was out the door gone see you later mum is the age of leaving home in scotland a bit younger than it is in england um yeah, 18, 18 18 i was gone okay. 18 i was gone 18 oh, birthday, too, out the door gone that's not too bad man. um gone yeah um moved in with all my mates turned it into a bit of a party house as you can imagine yeah um and then yeah sort of did the party scene and it was all a bit too much so uh, moved over to Glasgow, a bigger city, um, right. more bars, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, lived I was there f- done with the party scene in Edinburgh, so I yeah. moved to a city with more bars. With more bars. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, then went, did Glasgow for four years, four and a bit years. Yeah. Um, again, I knew, when, I knew when it's time, you know, I'm all, it's, a, it's a pretty good skill that I have. I know when it's time to move on. Right. So, um, from there, went down to London. Um, and I think... As you can see, I'm going from bigger city to, to big, bigger, bigger city. city. Yeah, you're upgrading, mate. I'm I upgrading. like that. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, did about four years in London, in central London, which is yeah. pretty hectic. Yeah. Um, wasn't really for me. Sort of lost sight of what were you doing in London? Give us a bit of insights to sort of different because I know you've got. I mean, people that do know you will know you as the bike guy here in Dubai, yeah. but that wasn't always what you woke up every day and went and did so no, give us a little no, bit of no. background on sort of the jobs that you've worked and what makes you such an interesting character mate good so um as you can probably tell from the hair and stuff and um watch the video version <laughs> for hairdressing advice <laughs> um i worked for liam gallagher um, of oasis right. in glasgow right um managing his store um pretty green his clothing brand right um which was a very interesting uh, really super cool it was 
rock and roll retail uh, right. would be how I'd describe it. Um, yeah, it was intense. Like like being in a band. Really? The closest I've ever felt to being in a band. Like the, the, the staff, five of us, really close-knit. So he has his own... Clothe- Liam Gallagher from Oasis those that don't know yeah. you probably should know yeah. Google's pretty good yes um, he has his own clothing clothing brand and they have a store in Glasgow I didn't know that yeah 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 right. so the, the brand's called Pretty Green right uh, it's named after a song by The Jam uh, Pretty Green is a reference to money uh, right. cash right so um yeah, at the time he had one main store in Carnaby Street, which was obviously Carnaby Street was was, yeah. was happening in the sixties, you know, with the Beatles and all that. Yeah, and um, he then opened a, a store in Manchester in his hometown, right? And then one in Glasgow because that's where the band were found uh, in in a, in a nightclub called King Tut's, which still still wow. operates to this day. So another stat I had no idea about. I knew you'd come with interesting yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. so. We were originally three stores at the time, and it was really small knit. Like, you used to send a text message at the end of the night to like Liam with how much you'd taken. Like, that's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's meanwhile. I mean, what what year was this? Oof. I would have been about nineteen, twenty, so ten years ago. Right. Yeah. So, and but at that time, like, I mean, mate, Oasis definitely maybe came out when I was about sixteen. Okay. I'm thirty nine now. Yeah. So this guy's multi-millionaire, yeah, yeah. an absolute rock star, and you just text message him at the end of the night, yeah. we've taken 50 quid today. Yeah, yeah. Sold a polo shop. How good. <laughs> That's so was this the end? Was this your entry into the retail world? Yes, yes. Right. Um, I worked in a, a bar beforehand, and I came home from one night working in the bar, and my girlfriend at the time, she had... Uh, picked up like a like a free newspaper you get when you go past the train station yeah and there was an advert inside the paper said they're looking for staff right and um uh chloe at the time she said look you need to go in like this is you this is you this is you this is the calling card you know yeah and so um yeah turned up for the interview and i remember it, it was like it was biblical like the snow was just insane it was like the yeah, like you couldn't even walk. The streets were closed down. Tr- public transport was just not happening. Really, and, um, I had to walk for about forty minutes in the snow, like ankle deep, to get to this interview. And I got there, and my, my desert boots were all wrecked, was soaking wet, my trousers <laughs> were soaking, my hair was a mess, and um, nothing's changed on that nothing's one. Changed the on boots the hair are now part. dry. <laughs> um, and then I got interviewed by this, um, yeah, this Australian Cockney sort of geezer, and. Um, <laughs> terrible combo he's, yeah and he's like um, what's your experience in retail and I said well, well I haven't really got much experience but um, could probably sing every single Oasis song to you um, and quote you every lyric no um, way and uh, yeah don't know what happened but I got the job and, uh, really yeah, yeah I got the gig so what was this what was this response to that mate because I think I think like I remember when uh, when I finished university and went down to London and I was like I'm going to get a job and I, I actually got really bored of telling people, well, when I was at when I was at uni or when I was at school, I did this work placement and this. And this one interview, I just went, well, I actually don't have any experience at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm a graduate. Yeah. But if you want to give me a shot, then yeah, you yeah. can. And you um, you were doing exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I think the at the end of the day, the, the honesty is there. You know, like people yeah. when you say, look, the passion's there. Give me a chance. Um, appreciate the honesty that I'm giving you. And then... I think that speaks more for your CV in, in a way, you know. You can they can read the CV; they've read it, you know. Yeah. Um, by the time you get to them, 
they sort of know what you're about. They've read where, what, where you went to school, you know, what degree you have, etc., etc. And I just went in and said, look, take a chance on someone and, you, you, you know, you're not going to regret it. That's, mate, that's, do, you, do you think, let's take this on, on a wider level, do you actually think that these days there is too much sort of bullshit kicking around and yeah. people, people actually, if they're presented with a question like that yeah. and you were super honest and yeah. straightforward, but people generally just bullshit people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, um, that's how I then got my job at Paul Smith. Um, I walked in to do the interview and there was like two rounds of interviews and stuff and I just said to him, like, look, like, you've seen the CV and I agree with you like everyone goes to uni these days and it seems to be like the you leave school you go to uni yeah. you do four or five years at uni and then what have you got you, you've got a bit of paper with your name on it and a stinking hangover yeah, probably <laughs> yeah, and, a, and, a, and a hefty bill you know yeah. uh, nah, I'm, I'm not having it I, I think get out there and just tackle the world like that's, yeah. that's how I've done and I've gone on from, from city to city and, um, and I've had a good time doing it you know yeah like, uh, yeah, I, I think being honest in job interviews, being honest in life, yeah. um, is going to get you much better further. places than yeah, than a bit of paper with your name on so it. So this guy is this Cockney Australian yeah. now knows that you know pretty much every Oasis song, yeah. and he's given you a job. He's given me a job. Yeah, he said, "What's what's your um, what's your experience?" And I said, "Oh, well, I've seen Oasis in Murrayfield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean and then um, yeah he gave me the job and then yeah it was just awesome like I said we opened the shop we had a party every single day me and the staff yeah. still speak to them all now to this day really yeah yeah one of the staff she lives out here now right um, still speak to her every day um, one of the other girls that worked in the shop she came out to visit us last month so I no think way. again that speaks volumes as well that that yeah. was a long long time ago yeah and yet we still communicate with each other that day because yeah. there was that family environment was created yeah. you know and um, yeah, there was a mutual respect for each other, and we just, yeah, we just had a blast. You know? I have to ask you, mate. As I said before, people probably know you around here from from from, from the bike shop, from Wolfie's Bike Shop. At this time, were you into bikes? Uh, yes, but not riding them. Right. Okay. Yeah. What did you like to um, do with them? <laughs> I know a lot of people that are into bikes and don't ride them. Mate. Um, they just buy them. The story. The, the story is actually, for me, I, I tell it quite a lot. Right. Um, two people um, who I dedicate how I got into cycling to Um, one of them uh, my English teacher at school wow so I was a bit of a tearaway I wasn't really into education and stuff um, which is why I didn't go to uni yeah Um, and she was trying desperately to get me to to focus in English class and to actually do an essay or a project yeah and I just wasn't interested nah and she left she kept me behind after class one day and she said look like you've got a lot of potential and it, it really upsets me that you're not fulfilling your potential right and she gave me a book and she said look I want you to read this book I know you're into sports I played football for the school team and I think that right. was probably the only reason I was allowed to stay on at school <laughs> um, and she gave me this book and it was uh, uh, Lance Armstrong right uh, the, the autobiography of yeah, Lance yeah and I took it home and I couldn't put it down. Really? I, I, I read it all cover to cover in, in, in like two, three days. Like wow. smashed it. And yeah, I mean, I would like to speak to her now and tell her, yeah, you've you yeah, changed you, my life. You changed my life because yeah. you introduced me to the biggest drug <laughs> addict in the sport. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, mate? Because 
I remember being given that book as well. Yeah. And the drugs aside, and 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 <laughs> we could make a whole show about the we drugs, do, especially yeah. in the light of Chris Froome's yeah, recent. We maybe uh, should do actually. Yeah, we maybe should do two yeah. shows. What was it about the book, mate, that made? Yeah. What, what what lit the flames for you? Yeah, I think not just for me, but for everyone. I think you know, obviously, Lance had cancer, and he, he was given like such a small chance that he was going to survive. Yeah, and then obviously, people didn't know it at the time, but for him to then come back from and the pictures inside the book as well are pretty harrowing. You know, like yeah, the, they're brutal. Um, huh? And he went on from that to then go on and win the Tour de France uh, emphatically. You know, seven times in a row. And yeah, it's just that fairy tale story. You know, you growing up having read the book I was like wow you know this guy you know can achieve anything yeah and um, yeah it was intense uh, and obviously all the sort of stuff surrounding him as he went on to win more and more Tour de France you didn't want to believe it right you know because I'd read the book and I was like nah nah it, it, yeah. it cannot be true it cannot yeah. be true and then um, just just the book is just intense you know and like you know the young Texan boy similar to myself you know didn't really know his father and stuff like Brought up yeah. by his mum, yeah. Um, yeah, serious illness, and then went on to become one of the biggest sports stars uh, in the world. And, and and you know anyone my age would be lying if they didn't say that Lance Armstrong was was probably one of the main reasons they got into the sport because he, yeah. he you know he made it popular in America and, and all these places. You know, yeah. Um, yeah and and it's again going on to like Chris Froome, Lance was the same. He targeted the Tour de France. It was the yeah. biggest race of the year. Yeah. He turned up that's with the team, and that's all he wanted to win. Yeah. And Froome's yeah. the same. You know, he doesn't really yeah. mess around with all the Mickey Mouse races. He turns up for the Tour. Yeah, you know, wins it, and then goes home. <laughs> goes home after. Goes home, yeah. And so, then, uh, sorry, um, that brings me on to the next person. So, um, a guy called Peter Green. Uh, so, when I was at school, I also worked in a bar, um, and uh, I was I was big into football, so I was working in a pub. And I'd always put on the, the football, you know, as, as you would, like yeah. the customers want to see football. And um, he would always come in and sit at the end of the bar with the Guardian um, and do a crossword. Right. Every day, every single day, three, four o'clock, you could, you know, you could guarantee he'd be in. And he always used to ask, can you put the cycling on? And I'm like, cycling? Cycling, You're yeah. on the wind-up, mate, like, you know, yeah, let's get right. the football on. And um, so I started putting the cycling on and he explained the sport. So he educated me on the sport of cycling. So, no way. Um, I went on then to uh, to watch it all the time. I, I would watch cycling over and over and over again. What you know? was it that attracted you to it? I so like read this. Sorry, you've yeah. read this book of. I don't know if it's fairy tale Armstrong story or if it's just an incredible demonstration of. Passion, energy, and outright hard work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The fact that there was drugs involved, as we said, we could make it. But, and then you see cycling on TV in a pub, yeah. which pubs generally just play football Absolutely. over and over. What was it about the sport, mate, that you were like, wow, yeah. this is... I think you need to understand the sport, first of all. Yeah. If you were to put the sport on TV now and watch it, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have probably never seen cycling on the TV. <laughs> you would not know what's going on. No. Um, I think for me, the beauty of the sport is that it's an individual sport where the individual gets the accolade. Yeah. But it's supported by a team. Right. Of hardworking individuals who, at the end of the day, don't get the same um, the same support. Yeah. You know, the same limelight. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. again, I use 
I use Christopher Froome as an example. A lot of people would know who he is. Yeah. But he won those Tour de France with nine riders. Yeah. He was one, eight others. No one at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year knows who Chris Froome is, though, just for the record. Okay, this is also... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's another little... Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like, who? who's the... I mean, mate, I like cycling, and I can't no. tell you who is seventh. I know a couple yeah. of his riders, but yeah. I, I can't tell you who is... Whose whole team is. It's incredible. I think for me, that's the beauty of the sport. And uh, they obviously don't get paid anywhere near as much money as a lot yeah. of other people. And yeah. they, uh, you know, they're racing. They're away from their families for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, they're injured. Um, you know, they crash hard. Yeah. You come off one of those bikes. It's not fun. <laughs> you <know>? Thank you. <laughs> you know, it yeah. is not fun, and and they get back on it. Right. You know, and they get back on the bike, and they need to finish and. Ah, it's intense, you know. I've been around the professional peloton a few times, and yeah. I know a lot of riders. And when you see the scars and they take off their jerseys and it's stuff, incredible, and it, huh? yeah, it's injuries, shoulders, collarbones, everything. So you become a cycling fan without a bike. Without a bike, you're working for Gallagher in his cl- dodgy clothes shop. Yeah, yeah. Text messaging him the yep. daily sales. Yep. <laughs> and then you move to London. Yes. When did you buy a bike then? London. Right. Yeah. So I went to work for Rafa. Right. Um, Rafa, one of the cycling brands yeah. um, that everyone would likely know. Yeah. You know, cool, hip. The Gucci. Or is it, yeah. Would you describe it the Gucci of cycling? Yeah. Or? Well, now the Walmart, but at the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was a little bit edgy and a little bit... How would you describe it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like... I mean, you could put the stuff on a catwalk in yeah. Milan and it wouldn't yeah. really look too much out of, out of place. Yeah, um, right. And they have a very strict policy. And again, we go back to the whole CV thing. Um, they will only employ people who ride a bike. Right. It's plain and simple. Makes sense. You can be the most qualified person to do the job, whether yeah. it's marketing or sales or yeah. distribution. If you don't ride a bike... You're out. They're not really interested in Fair you. So, um, again, I managed to wing that one. Um, so, you... Yeah. So... <laughs> Lance Armstrong's book, Cycling in the Pub, you're into it a bit, yep. you apply to Rafa, yep. you know everything about cycling but you don't ride a bike. That's correct. <laughs> and they gave you the job. They gave me the job. Yeah, but I was, again, I was able to... I got interviewed by the CEO of the company. Right. Yeah. It was a small organisation back then, was it? Or? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, it was still pretty big, you yeah. know? And, um, yeah, he sat down and I was able to talk to him about, about greats of the sport like Marco Pantani and yeah, Fausto right. Coppi and it appealed to me. I, the, the, I, I pulled on the heartstrings a little bit, yeah. you know, and he knew straight away, he said, you know, despite this guy not riding a bike, he, yeah. he understands the sport, yeah, yeah the, the history of the sport, where it's at now. Yeah. And then I was introduced actually in the store to, um, to a guy called Rob, uh, Rob Saunders. Um, and he was the one who, who essentially put me on a bike. Um, right. And, and taught me the ropes yeah he an incredible gentleman um, and that's what he was a, a true gentleman you know a gentleman of the sport um, always very well dressed both on and off the bike right. yeah um, and he, he, he taught me the things that don't really happen here in Dubai so much you know like the hand signals like what to do how to ride how to be professional how to behave yourself um, <laughs> you know these sorts of things the, the etiquette yeah the etiquette is what he taught me yeah um, and that's when I got on the bike Right. That's when I got on the bike. And what was it like, mate? After following a sport yeah. for a while there, and then suddenly 
you start to ride? Yeah, it was a pretty steep learning curve, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, because you're the manager of a store, which is super, super popular. And it's like a mecca, you know? It's in central London, and you've got people flying into Heathrow um, and making that journey to Rafa on wow. their connection. Like, and, and they see wow. you as the manager of the store, and, you, you know, they can see through the bullshit. You don't want to lie to them. Yeah, And right. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm on the bike and all this sort of stuff. Um yeah, and you had to learn pretty steeply, yeah? like pretty quickly, get on the bike, you know, pedaling, clipped in, falling. I remember actually I fell um, clipped in. And for those, again, people that don't understand cycling and are listening, um, you're attached to the bike. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, like snowboarding or skiing where you, you're connected. Yeah. And um, I'm riding down uh, Regent Street in central London. It's a pretty busy street. Yeah, yeah. right. And um, You started on the back streets then. Started on the back streets, <laughs> yeah. And... Um, a uh, double-decker bus sort of cut in front of me. Right. And um, obviously I, I had a little wobble. And once the balance goes, yeah, you're gone. Like, you yeah. know, you're, yeah, on, yeah. you're on the floor. Yeah. And um, so I fell off. And I'm lying outside Hamley's toy store on Regent Street. No way. Still connected to the bike. No way. Right? And there's all these tourists <laughs> taking pictures of the, what is the, the manager of, of oh, the store. Of <laughs> Lying on the floor. <laughs> must have been thinking, is this a marketing plot yeah, or something yeah. gone and, wrong? And I don't tell that story to too many people. Um, and I just well, remember... Just a few thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember I could just see my sunglasses like lying on no. the pavement and I just reached for them and just like put them on and like pedaled away thinking, oh, if that gets out, <laughs> if that gets out, the career's over before it's even started, man. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then... Um, yeah, Rob. Rob was a great help. Uh, fantastic yeah. person. Yeah, um, really got me on the bike. Um, and then, actually, the, yeah, I think my life is like meeting people and like going from. It's a journey. It's really cool. So I met a person called um, Walter Walter Beckers. Um, every year, actually, this is a good time to talk about it. Every year, Rafa do this thing where they uh, they encourage people to ride 500k um, in the week before Christmas. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and and here maybe in Dubai you think, yeah, not a problem. I go to Alcudra, I ride around, yeah, yeah, 100k, five days, yeah, done. Easy, um, yeah. yeah, you try doing that in Europe yeah, um, when, it's, when it's snowing and it's yeah. freezing cold and it's minus. Yeah. Um, it's intense. So, um, yeah, I tested myself at that. And we got to, um, I remember it, I was, I think, about 40k short. <laughs> and my Garmin ran out of battery. No. And you, you upload it all to Strava, so you upload your rides. Yeah. And at the end of the ride, if you complete the 500k, they give you a, a little badge, like a roundel. Right. And I'm 40k short. So I had to nip into a shop uh, and charge my Garmin. I asked them to use the, the cable to charge my Garmin yeah. to finish the 40k. Yeah. And this was on, I think it was on New Year's Eve. And I'm sitting in this cafe and I'm freezing. I'm absolutely, I'm shivering, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh. I'm, I'm absolutely frozen. I'm, I'm waiting for this Garmin to charge, yeah. And, um... Actually, um, Maureen, his wife, she walked over and she said, are you a cyclist? I said, yeah, 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 yeah I'm a cyclist. And I can call myself that now, yeah, I've yeah, been there a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, and she's like, my husband's actually quite shy, but he's looking at you um, suffering, and he likes it. I said, ah, <laughs> yeah, okay. And um, she said, oh, l- let me introduce him. So he came over and he sat down next to me and he said, well, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm doing this 500k challenge, blah, 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 I'm 40k short, I'm freezing. And he's like, that's brilliant. And he's like, it re- he's like this is fantastic. He's like, Do you yeah. mind if I give you my number? I said, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> And um, 
we became great friends. Um, really? Great friends. That's great incredible, friends. man. Yeah. Um, and I guess that hammered home a little bit more about... I think it's the same in every sport. I don't think it's exclusive to cycling. No. I think it's the same in a number of sports where people just start a sport or see a sport... And the same in that coffee shop, the, you just got introduced it and you yeah. become good friends. It's yeah. it's just something that people see within a sport. And I, I also think that's why sport's so valuable for life, oh, yeah. for, for, for everything that we do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, but those situations actually give you a lot of motivation as well, I would guess, to yeah, yeah. to continue. I'll always remember we, we kept in touch. And um, he said, oh, why don't you come over to, to Belgium? He, he's from Belgium. And... Um, yeah, they ride their bikes pretty seriously in Belgium, yeah? Yeah. And um, he's <laughs> and like, yeah. Not on proper roads either. No, <laughs> no, no. And um, he said, yeah, why don't you come over, stay with my family? And uh, we go out riding. And again, I got a group of guys together from London, and we, we travelled over. And I said, oh, we're meeting this guy. Um, he's going to take us out on a ride. And they were all like, what? Who's this guy? Like, he yeah. keeps on talking about this guy. Like, Where this did you meet guy? this guy? And I'm, oh, I met yeah. him in a coffee shop. And they're like, what? Yeah. So we turned up in this car park in the middle of nowhere in Belgium, outside of Carrefour. And he's standing there. He's got the tattoos on the legs, shaved head. And we're looking at him and he's got this, like, you know, we've got all the gear, like, you know. All, all yeah. the, we're looking at him going, oh, who's this? And he absolutely proceeded to tear our legs off. Really? For four days. Really? On another level. Unbelievable, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> I think, and we, again, we, we kept in touch, and I, I do a lot of my, a lot of my favorite rides, and a lot of the best riding I've ever done was, was, was in Belgium with really? him. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mate, talk us through the progress. So you, you, yep. you're at Rafa. Yep. You had one more stop in London before you moved over to Dubai. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Talk us uh, through that. Paul Smith, uh, the fashion. Why did you? Sorry, why did you leave Rafa? It was, I, to be entirely honest, I was underqualified for the job. Right. Um, it was intense. Yeah. Central London. I just moved at the time. Actually, I'd, I'd uh, decided to become vegetarian. Right. Uh, which was a, maybe a bit of a silly idea. It was a challenge I'd taken up with my, my girlfriend at the time to yeah. to to prove to her that I could survive without meat. Okay. And um, I was working long, long, long hours. Yeah. Um, trying very hard to put together this store which was the flagship store learning a new sport it was all too much it was intense right um, I remember going to Barcelona with, with Chloe at the time and it, it just wasn't right. right and I knew it again I knew it I said this is not for me there was a few other things which came up yeah. um, a few other brands which were interested in me started speaking to me and said look why don't you come and join us here in this and I, I met a few other friends in different brands and yeah, made the decision that Rafa was not for me, and and I tell you what was probably the biggest learning experience of my life to this day was actually the, the failure yeah, yeah. of being there at Rafa, and um, yeah, I think sometimes people are not compatible with certain places, and that was definitely one of those. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, left. Uh, I was actually nine, almost nine months. I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to go ride my bike. So for nine months. But mate, let's just rewind. You've said that really, really quite straightforward. You've fallen in love with a sport, cycling. Yeah. You got into it. You got into, let's call it back to what we did at the start, the Gucci brand of cycling. Yeah. They're going everywhere, and you had to, you had to leave. You had to. Yeah. You were 
you felt underqualified. You felt what, like that. That's that's a really big move, mate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for, for sure, I was underqualified to do the job. Um, I'd gone from working in a store with Liam Gallagher, which was pretty informal. Yeah. Essentially, five mates just turning up in the morning, opening the shop. Right. If you sold two polo shirts, awesome. If you sold ten leather jackets, great. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And then going to central London, that was a big move. Um, the speed of life was intense. Um, yeah, and then not just definitely being underqualified for the job was a part of it, but I think as well I sort of lost who I was. Right. Like, um, I turned into a bit of a square, to be honest. Right. Um, like, yeah, it just wasn't being me. Like, I, I think I had a bit of a midlife crisis, to be honest. It Fair enough. just wasn't... I didn't fit. Right. I was pretending to be somebody that I wasn't, essentially. Yeah. It, it wasn't until I'd left and I'd sort of... Um, had time to evaluate it and look back that I realised that um, it wasn't for me and I was pretending to be something that I wasn't you know right. and, that, like, um, and again that's what I go on I said it was a, it was a huge learning experience and um, yeah I've, I've had it and, and now I can go on and, and be I, I found out now who I am as a person and, yeah right you know what I mean like there wasn't any of that faffing around pretending to please people that you wanted to be friends with because you weren't into it and stuff. Like, now I am who I am. So it was almost like a, a breath of fresh air getting yeah. out of there. Yeah. Yeah, and then, as I said, I went on and did a long time off, uh, without any work. Yeah. Um, I did a bit of stuff with uh, with Pock, the, the helmet brand. Yeah, right. I was in Stockholm with them, um, out riding my bike. And, uh, yeah, I just travelled around a bit and rode about. I was always in Belgium with Walter riding. yeah. Because uh, it was oh, you were on the Eurostar, um, straight into Brussels and then out riding. Right. And but it was good. It was nine months where I just sort of didn't really do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a nine month hole in my life. <laughs> but I, but I needed it. Yeah. I, needed, I found myself, and I'm happy that I did it. Yeah. Um, and not everyone gets the opportunity to just leave planet Earth. And yeah. Ride ride their bike. Right. And not um, everyone at all. And um, and then I finally had to get back into work. Yeah. So like. It's right. been, been and done. Let's start to get serious here. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're like, what do you enjoy? You know, you've, you've had all this time off. What do you want to do? Yeah. And I've always liked clothes. You know, I mean, I like clothes. Right. And um, I said, well, Paul Smith is the brand, you know, in the UK. Yeah. Almost around the world, you know. He is Sir Paul Smith. People know him all over. Yeah. And um, they had a vacancy. They've got, they've got a few stores in central London. And um, they had a couple of vacancies, so I applied for one store. And um, I remember I was riding in Richmond Park, and I was I was doing a few laps and stuff, and I had my headphones in. And um, the phone started ringing, and I answered. The, I didn't know who it was because my phone's in my back pocket, and the yeah. phone starts ringing in my yeah. headphones. And I answered the call, and I'm like, "Hi, how you doing?" And um, he's like, "Hi, this is uh, this is Paul Smith. Um, we, you know, we just want to take you up in an interview, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, cool." She's like, "Where are you just now? It sounds a bit windy." I said, "Yeah, I'm actually on my bike." And um, so yeah, I spoke to her for like 15 minutes on the phone, like just doing laps of Richmond Park. Really, you didn't think to stop the bike and just stop the wind resistance? No, no, no. no. Okay, I got the job, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I actually applied for one one store, but they they said, you know what? Don't think that store's right for you. Um, but we've got another store which would would be a better fit. Right. And um, yeah, I went in there and I had the best best time. I loved it. The brand. Is incredible. Yeah, the structure, the the training, the, the support is incredible. Like, 
as a brand, like, I always I always say to people like, when you go into a store or when you go into a brand, yeah. like, you see. Uh, I, I always um, refer to like a pantomime or a circus. Like you yeah. see what's on stage. Yeah, you don't see what goes on behind the closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Um, like any business around the world, but I tell you, Paul Smith is a fantastic place. Yeah, to be, to grow, you know, to to learn. It is incredible, and I was really, really sad. I was upset to leave that place. Um, I just started to get into my groove. You know, I'd done the training. I had the full support of the area manager in Central London. We were really going to give it a big crack. Yeah, and um, yeah, then. Then Dubai. Then it just changes. Yeah, then it stopped raining and the sun came out. <laughs> <laughs> Had you been to Dubai before yeah. you got the job or you applied for the job here? No, I had been before. Um, right. I came out for the Dubai tour. Um, ah, cycling again. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm good friends with Brian Holm. Um, right. He's the sports director or the team manager for uh, Ethics Quickstep. Okay. Um, and he'd said, look, you should come out. The race is it's fairly quiet. You know, you get a lot of access to the riders. You can sit in the car with the team. Right. Um, come out for a holiday, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd sort of said to, I'd said to my girlfriend at the time, like, oh, yeah, we're going on holiday to Dubai. And she's like, wow, we're going to Dubai. Like, we always want to go. And then yeah. it just so happened that the Dubai tour was on at the same time. And she was like... She, she'd understand that that was a complete coincidence. Absolute coincidence. Yeah. So... Yeah, she sat on the beach every day and I went down to the cycling. Right. Um, so we didn't actually see each other for five days. Um, Great holiday, by the sounds Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and at the time, Paul Smith had just designed the jersey, so it sort of tied in. Right. Um, they sent over their head of marketing uh, to look after the sort of the, the promotional side of things, and right. he didn't really know much about cycling. So, so Paul Smith had said, like, look, you're going out there at the same time. Yeah. Do you mind just to sort of help uh, Matteo yeah. uh, with the marketing side of things for the jerseys and I said yeah it's a great tie and I'm there anyway so yeah um, so yeah I'm down at the start line one morning um, and it's pretty hot yeah <laughs> Coming compared from, to London compared to central I mean, London in January yeah. to give this some perspective though it's winter in Dubai and you've come from winter in the UK so yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's warmer here it's yeah. still only 25 but yeah still carry on 25 <laughs> coming from like six degrees yeah so um, all the cyclists are walking around in like shorts and t-shirts um, suntan lotion on yeah um, and I turned up at the start line with I think I had a leather jacket on of course uh, a bubble Fashion hat like a, like a winter bubble hat Right. And a pair of sunglasses, um, which were just enormous. Like, right. They were huge. So you you used Google to check the weather and you'd come appropriately dressed? Yeah. No. I don't really look at the weather, to be honest. No. I just dress what I want to wear. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And I'm walking through the start pen in the morning, and um, then that's when I met um, uh, Wolfie. Right. He'd obviously spotted this man who was quite clearly out of place. Yeah, and said, and, are you lost, sir? Yeah, and said, um, sorry, mate, but um, you're in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then he obviously wanted to see or know who, who I was. Right. So I got the business card from Wolfie. Uh, Pleased to meet you, I'm Wolfie. I run a bike shop here in Dubai. I said, yeah, okay. cool. I work for Paul Smith. Um, I'm here on vacation. I'm here with, uh, with Brian Holm and Mark Cavendish and all these guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'll see you around. So then every morning at the start pen, he would see me, I would see him, we would give each other a nod and all this sort of stuff. So then, yeah, um, 
Dubai tour finished went back home to London right and then um, again my girlfriend Chloe at the time she influenced a lot of my my early part of my life yeah and um, she wanted she said I, I remember it clear as day we got back from Dubai and the next morning she's, she's on the she's on the computer and she's looking away and I said don't even get any ideas really and she said what I said I know exactly what you're doing here we're not moving there really she wanted to move straight here straight away next really? day really next morning she's on the computer and she's what looking was at her profession at the time uh, she did marketing and recruitment for okay. uh, for fashion brands right Right. For clothing brands. Right. Um, in central London also. Right. Brands, uh, stores like Harrods and stuff, she, okay. would, she would recruit for them. So super uh, easy to get a job over here. Absolutely. Yeah. So she starts going through the interview process and I'm, you know, I've just started a job in Paul Smith and I'm really loving it, you know. Yeah. And like really, I found my home. That's how I felt, you know. And um, she said, oh, I got a job in Dubai. And we didn't really have the conversation, you know, let's sit down and be like, right, Let's do this. Let's plan this one out. It yeah. just sort of... She's like, yeah, I've got the job, so when are you moving? Right. And then I had to go back to uh, to the area manager who would just really... would really start to kick off, you know, and then... Yeah. Um, had to say to him, yeah, mate, I'm really sorry, but I need to leave. <laughs> and that came as a bit of a sort of kick to the guts for him, you know, and then... Yeah, right. Um, I said, I was like, what am I going to do? Well, there's no Paul Smith out here. It's franchised, so you yeah. can't transfer me. So you can't just... Yeah. So, um... I'm rooting around for this business card from Wolfie, <laughs> you know, and I'm like... That you so luckily kept. That I luckily kept, yeah. No I do keep a lot of business cards, to be honest. Yeah, And, um, yeah, I met him. Uh, so I Skyped him, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's super busy over here in Dubai, you know. And I always, he kept on saying to me, super busy, super busy, super busy, super busy. And I'm like, mate... I live in London. I live in central London, mate. Don't, yeah. don't tell me it's busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he actually flew over to London, um... And he turned up at London uh, with his wife Gabby and his daughter Anna, and um, they came into the store and they met me, and we went out for lunch. No way! Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, we got talking and stuff, and he's like, "Look, yeah, be great to have you out there." So um, I said to him, "Look, one, you know, we're going to do it on one uh, one condition. There's, there's a bike that I really like. I really, really, really want this bike. There's only a hundred made." Right. He's like, "Is that all?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." So he came back to Dubai and then he, I think he emailed me about seven, ten days later, dropped me an email and said, we've got the bike, when can you start? No, wait, what bike was it? It's the bike that I currently ride now. Um, Cervelo. The Cervelo, yeah. S5. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Team, the team edition. So um, I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty serious. Um, best start packing the bags. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. your girlfriend had already accepted the job, she was on the way over. Yeah, she was in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to give three months notice at Paul Smith, so wow. I stayed in London for myself uh, for three months. Yeah. And she was out here. Uh, so we were apart and then um, yeah moved out and I remember um, I think it finished on a Friday yeah like five o'clock went home so I just tidied up the last of my things yeah um, made it to Heathrow flew through the night landed in the morning dropped Wolfie a text said oh that's me here in Dubai and then um, he said yeah come down see the store see the guys and then ended up doing a full 10 hour shift as you do as you do yeah as you do two and a half years later I'm still here <laughs> you are still here mate but yeah. you're very soon to be gone yes yes the Dubai chapter has been a challenge yeah on yeah. a number of levels give us a little yeah. bit of an overview on the sort of Dubai chapter it seems you've had some very interesting different spots what's Dubai done for you how have you enjoyed it and what have what, what's it been all about I, 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 
I think moving to Dubai from the UK, it's the yeah, the culture change is huge. Yeah, yeah, massive, especially for a bloke like you, mate. Like, yeah, wow. There's a lot of idiots walking around here dressed like complete yeah. wankers, yeah. but. You take that to another level sometimes. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. In the nicest possible yeah, no, way. No, no, that's true. You know, yeah. and people are very judgmental. I think yeah. in London, you can walk down the street. I mean, you can fall off your bike on Regent Street as the new rapper man <laughs> and just pull your sunglasses, get up and carry on. Yeah, no one bats an island. If that happens in Dubai, everyone's like, yeah, hey, what's know. going on? What's going on? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, again, sort of in the first couple of months that I was here, sort of again, lost sort of sight of who I was do you know what I mean lost in right. culturally you know you, you're trying to fit in and you're trying to like what's going on and yeah. I mean you might not like this one but for me too many people wearing baseball hats man yeah too many people yeah. wearing baseball hats for me you wouldn't catch me in a baseball hat no and, um, just a beanie in the middle of summer just a beanie in the middle of summer So that's what I don't get about you baseball hats are out but a beanie when it's 40 degrees is yeah. like absolutely fine yeah. carry I'll on. always remember that time at Ironman Dubai actually when we went down to watch it yeah and um I think I've still got the picture <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> yeah um yeah um that's an intense place yeah I mean yeah. London is fast but um, Dubai is also very similarly fast, yeah, in a, yeah. Di- in a different way, um, in a very different way. Um, it's hard to describe Dubai to people, I find. Yes, yes. I have friends back home, uh, still live in the small town that I'm from, back home in Scotland. Yeah. And when I when I do go back to visit them, they're like, "What's it like?" And I struggle to describe Dubai. It's very difficult, mate. I don't really know what it is. So now, let's try and get you to describe it. You're now leaving. Yes. Tell us the three things that you've enjoyed the most about living and working here for the last... It's just over two years, basically. Just over two years, yeah. yeah. So, let, let's see if we can paint a picture that way. What have you enjoyed the most? I think, for me, the first thing, it's because it's so young, Yeah, you can leave an impression. Right. Yeah, I think, and I didn't realise this until last week when I sort of started telling people that I was leaving. Yeah. And the the amount of people that came out and said, you know, what you've done in the years that you've been here yeah. has been quite an achievement. Awesome. In terms of the style and what people wear on the bike, so I think because it is quite young, you can leave an impression on the yeah. on, on the country, on the place, on Dubai, or, yeah. or the UAE essentially. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I've enjoyed. Yeah. You know, when I first came here, you know, you people wouldn't wear pink right. on a bike. Really? You know, pe- yeah. Yeah, wow. people cycling on the tracks on in basketball shorts and a t-shirt and stuff you know and, um, <laughs> and that's to take it to the extreme you know there yeah, were certainly yeah, definitely yeah. lycra before I came I'm not saying that I turned up and suddenly yeah, everyone yeah, was yeah. wearing lycra um, that would be the first thing I would say I've enjoyed about the place I think the, uh, the biggest thing I'm going to miss about Dubai is the fact that I've got a swimming pool in my apartment right you know like the, yeah. lux- the level of living here is quite luxury quite luxurious yeah you know yeah. Uh, and, and quite I'm easy compared to somewhere like London. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you get that fast-paced city and you get, you know, people are upset when it takes them, you know, 30 minutes instead of 15 minutes to get home. Well, yep. try try a train on a London commute, yeah. breaking down, you're two and a half hours. Yeah, well, you? they called it the London hour. Yeah. Well, if you're going... Anywhere. Anywhere, it's an hour. It's an hour, you know, yeah. Regardless where you're going, it's an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the major things here which is fantastic about Dubai is the sort of 
um, the, the standard of living and the ability that you finish your work. Yeah. You just go and sit by the beach. Yeah. You know, or, or on the palm, like you, 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 you can swim in the sea seven days a week. Yeah. You know, 365 days of the year. Absolutely. You, yeah, you know, yeah. and and that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I thoroughly enjoy about. So Dubai. in your final post, there'll definitely be a hashtag blessed somewhere there. Blessed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. It's been it's been an amazing place to, what, to live. And what's challenged you the most being here, mate? Um, I'm a bit of a loner, to right. be honest. I like to be by myself. Um, and yeah, being being quite far away from my friends back home in Scotland, that's been a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, like they're always there for me, and they're always on the end of the phone. But I went through a huge breakup with my girlfriend Chloe. We'd been together for ten years. Yeah. Uh, since we were kids. Um, yeah. I mean, I was what? Yeah, I was eighteen. She was sixteen when we met. Right. Um, and then we broke up. Um, and that was extremely difficult. Yeah. yeah right. Like that was a black hole, big yeah. time. And it's not, not a place Dubai that you want to be by yourself. It's quite lonely. Extremely lonely. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can have a lot of people around you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it was tough. That yeah. was extremely tough. There's there's a few people who who really rallied around me, and, and I, I've got, you know, they'll never forget. I'll never forget them. Yeah, right. Um, Wolfie, uh, for one, um, yeah. my friend Laura and stuff. You know, they were they were, uh, yeah, that was emotional. Yeah, right. Yeah, and suddenly you're by yourself. Yeah, you need to make decisions by yourself. Yeah, it's tough. You know, and I'd never really made a decision by myself. Yeah. Um, you know. Chloe used to make them all for me, or she used to be there. You know what I mean? I'm awesome. a big kids, man. And, awesome. um, and then, yeah, having to live by yourself and make all these decisions. So yeah. that's where I think that, you know the decision to leave Dubai was was huge for me, and yeah, it right. took a lot of time to, to get my head around it and and say like, you know, Monty, this is you know, grow up. Like you need to make a decision. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was emotional and stuff, and, and it's but yeah, now it's happening. It's happening. Talk us quickly through the next chapter, mate. Where are you off to? Where where will people see you? What are you going to be doing? Where are you going to take your what I'd call unique brand wardrobe. of human being? My wardrobe and your haircut yeah. next. <laughs> um, so we do uh, eight to nine weeks in Australia Lovely. with uh, with Map. So I'm closely associated with the guys, uh, Ollie and Jared. Uh, they have a cycling brand called Map. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, which is probably, correct me if I'm wrong, yep. it's also cutting edge, it's up and coming, yeah. similar sort of wavelength to Rafa, but yeah. not quite as ridiculous, yeah. but more ridiculous in some of the designs, yeah. and again, it could be worn on a catwalk, it's very different to what traditional cycling apparel's been all about. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely design orientated, yeah. um, all about the sort of fit, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and definitely cutting edge. You know, you, if you were riding on a cycling track or if you were walking down central London and, and yeah. someone rode past you in map apparel, You'd you would know. definitely be like, wow, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty loud. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've known the guys for a long time. Actually, I was speaking with them uh, in Utah at the start of the year and yeah. I, was, I was trying to find out how we met. Right. We didn't actually know. Right. We were just like, yeah, I, I think you messaged us and I think we replied. Right. Um, so, going to go to Australia uh, on January the 3rd. Going to awesome. be there for about nine weeks, I think. Eight, nine weeks. Yeah. Um, good to follow the racing scene around there. Um, uh, help them with some races. And then, um, yeah, then I go off to Europe. Um, 
I seem to sort of flip between the world of fashion and the world of cycling. I don't really know where, where I'm supposed you're to be supposed at. To be, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, you'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think actually I've got it now. I think right. I've got it now. But uh, actually, I spoke to someone the other day, um, and I said, "You know what? This will be the first Christmas that I don't spend in a retail store for ten years." Wow. That's going to be fresh. Yeah, like that's not going to be waking up on Boxing Day to deal with the Boxing Day sales for the first time in ten years. Wow. And I so think, you know what, I've nailed it. Bike. I've nailed it. <laughs> so um, what are you going to be doing for them in Europe? Um, so we're looking at um, sales and marketing. They're an Australian brand. They're, right. they're based in Australia, a very small, uh, small tight-knit family Yep. Um, with a lot of ambassadors spread globally around the world, which we activate. And, um, yeah, again, I like that family, family uh, yeah. environment. That's yeah, when right. I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I instantly connected with, uh, with Ollie and Jared and the guys. And... Um, I think we went to Utah at the start of the year um, in March, right. and we took um, eight, uh, eight or nine ambassadors from around the world. Yeah, uh, you got Tokyo, um, New York, Sweden, myself, um, and you put us all in a room. We've never met each other before. Wow! Just followed each other on Instagram and social media. Wow! And to connect and to just communicate and, and share that passion for riding a bike um, and taking pictures of it. Uh, it's pretty fascinating and then I was like you know what I like this I like this vibe this yeah, family right. is good and um, I knew again I knew my time was up in Dubai and um, they were like look we're looking for someone to, to support us in Europe because wow. we're all based in Australia and Europe's yeah. a pretty big place yeah um, and so yeah we're going to try and make that happen see, see how awesome, that goes mate. awesome um, so and yeah. when's the next field trip that we're going on together did you say <laughs> <laughs> I think we were supposed to be in Oman actually with the biking man guys but um, right. I uh, I can't make it unfortunately. Yeah. Based on your training, I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, before we wrap up, you've obviously yeah. done a lot. You've been in a lot of really interesting situations. You've been part of some incredible brands. Like when I think yeah. not like when I think about what you did with Gallagher, when I think about Rafa, Paul Smith, and yeah. then like you know, you think about the brands that Wolfie has at his bike shop that they're the top brands yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I've always found really interesting about you is that you've been in retail, so you're constantly dealing with people. Yeah. Through those experiences, mate, you've obviously learned a lot along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is strange because I'm not really a people person. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. But when you look at it, mate, and to, to, to wrap things up, yeah. how would you say, what would you say is one or two of the real major things that you've learned along the way from Wolfies or from life from that journey that you've just explained to us oh. over the last hour uh, I think for me it's a f a friendship yeah and, and staying in touch with people around the world who mean a lot to you right yeah, I mean, I've met a lot of people all around the world, and I make a very, very conscious decision to keep in touch with these people. Yeah, right. I, I mentioned a few people throughout this. Yeah, absolutely, this, that um, comes through. Yeah. That come through, and um, I'll never forget these people for what they've done. Yeah, to support me in my life. Um, very yeah, cool. like I like that. Yeah, you, you meet a lot of people in your life, especially yeah. in places like London and Dubai, yeah, and in retail, and in retail. You know. Um, and it's the people that, that touch you that, that you know um, that mean a lot to me. Yeah. So, and this is my final question. Yes. Based on that, ha because you come into contact with so many people, mate. You're not going to ask me who my favourite customer is. No. Are you? 
how do you what's your decision making process yeah how does it work because you've met hundreds of thousands of people yeah, yeah. is it that meeting of that Belgian guy in that coffee shop is it Wolfie giving you his business card at Dubai Tour because you're dressed like an alien. Yeah, yeah. What's your decision-making process that, yeah, I'm going to stay in touch with that person? Oof. Yeah. I have no idea. Really? I think they just... I like characters. Yeah. I'm Sorry. a bit of a character myself. <laughs> and it's I like characters, you know. Yeah. I like people with a bit of a story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like real people, yeah? yeah. Not into people who are fake, and I can see people when they're fake and they're full of shit. Pardon yeah. me, but. <laughs> That's okay. And um, these are the people that I'm not going to keep in touch with. And, right. you know, and the people that I do keep in touch with are real, and they've been real to me, and they're real friends, and that's. Uh, that's the decision making process essentially awesome. if you're real well, let's do it then you're a real friend mate we want to wish you the very best of luck thanks yes, a lot to thank everything you. you've done for me in cycling and for all of the people within our community in cycling oh, it's, thank you so much. Uh, I think you've been able to communicate and to share a passion that I only think a few people within their industry are able to do a lot of people wake up in the morning go to work at a bike shop or a retail store because it pays them money yeah. you have a passion about it and I think that that comes through so mate hopefully map allow you to express that same passion yes if not and maybe we start a bike shop I don't know maybe I'll take up CrossFit (laughs) mate thank you so much you'll always have our support from in a fight we really appreciate you and hopefully you'll be back in Dubai at some stage and we'll catch up absolutely thank you very much for having me cheers mate cheers